So if we start breaking it down as to why, so yes, women of all age groups can hurt in any one of those areas. And so if we break it down and look at that deep pain, what causes that? Fibroids, ovarian cysts, endometriosis, scar tissue, right, from previous surgery or infection. Mm -hmm. So there are even certain bowel conditions that can cause pain there. Mom. 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 Mommy. Mom. Yes, what? Slow down. Hey moms, my name is Jessica Gershman and I'm a mom of four and I'm here to help you slow down. I'm a mom on a mission trying to reframe the idea of what a good mom looks like. And I want to give you space to show up exactly as you are and have a human experience. I've been vulnerable in my studio and I want to be vulnerable with all of you because I truly believe that the more we can share our common experience, the more we realize that we are together as a community of moms. I hope you join me on this journey and to slow down. Hey moms, slow down. We're welcoming back Dr. Somi Dravade as we continue unraveling the myths of female sexual dysfunction. We're going to talk about a few topics today, FSAD, female sexual arousal disorder, as well as painful sex. So welcome back, Dr. Dravade. Hi. So what's the difference between, we chatted about low libido, HSDD, and FSAD. What is all of these acronyms and what do they mean? How are they different? So female sexual arousal disorder is very distinct. You know, we talked about libido is the intent or the desire. So arousal is the next part of what's happening. It's both emotional and physical. It's all of a sudden our feeling turned on, our heart rate increasing, vaginal changes, getting ready to accommodate our partner, increased blood flow. So it's all of the changes in response to our partner, right? So desire and libido is just the intent. This is what's happening during foreplay for most patients. And so the way female sexual arousal disorder presents is patients will describe themselves as feeling numb or broken, or they'll be kissing their partner and saying, okay, I feel the pressure of their mouth. I'm dead inside. I feel nothing. I feel broken. It's the inability to respond to sexual cues, whether it's with a partner or responding to something erotic you're reading or even watching porn or something sexy on TV. So it is muted sexual response is the best way I can describe female sexual arousal disorder. It sounds to me like there could be a lot going on emotionally with that. How much is medical versus emotional when dealing with arousal disorder? Mind and body are equitable as far as both the causes and uh, getting to the root of treatment. Absolutely. Mind and body go hand in hand with this. So for female sexual arousal disorder, that's why counseling therapy are so important. You know, there is no FDA approved treatment option for this as well with the indication for this. But once again, some of those other treatment options that are available for sexual pain, like Interosa or Addy, which is FDA approved for low libido, or Vilesi, same thing, FDA approved for low libido, they do help with this domain or this aspect or facet of sexuality as well. And so there are treatment options that we can use off-label. There are you know, therapeutic treatment options as far as getting in with a counselor or a therapist. There are some other things that are evidence-based as well. So there's some apps now that are popping up. Um, Meet Rosie is one of them. I've never heard of that. 
It's, uh, yeah, no, it's great. It was started by Dr. Harper. She's a board certified OBGYN like myself. And they do erotic stories. And erotica in the written form does have evidence behind it that it does support the domains of sexuality. And the really nice thing is, is that users of this app can say how spicy they want their stories to be, right? Mild (laughs) to alternative (laughs) lifestyle, right? Because we're all different, no judgment zone. And But things like that can help us a lot with arousal. So it may be that you do this with a partner or you read the story to yourself or you read it to the partner and that may help you with arousal as well. So there are a lot of treatment options. You just have to be creative about where you're going to find them. I love it. And we keep coming back to that whole mind-body connection. How often do you refer out patients to specific therapists or, or group counseling? Oh, I'd say, you know, because so much of my practice is sexual health, I'd say over 80% of my patients are seeing a therapist or counselor, a pelvic floor physical therapist. You have to treat all aspects. It's Mm -hmm. otherwise you're just not going to succeed in helping that patient truly get better. Absolutely. Absolutely. This podcast is sponsored by the app, The Zen Mommy my latest wellness offering just for moms like you. I am so thrilled to talk about my new app where I share all the wellness tools that I use in my life. Check out the library of yoga, recovery, meditation and strength classes, kitchen tips, and a recipe database of personally curated recipes to help you look and feel your best. Plus, check out the journal features where you can cultivate a daily gratitude practice and so much more. Life is stressful, but I believe we can make it all it is meant to be with just a few tools to help us along the way. Download the Zen Mommy now at Apple and Google Play and start creating a life you want. So painful sex, let's talk about that. You said that, you know, there were younger women that might be experiencing this and and looking at it online and then feeling alienated and be like, well, wait a minute, this is something that happens, you know, postmenopausal. Is this happening to women of all ages? How do we define painful sex? So many patients come to me and just think that sex should always be painful. It's what they- Probably because it always has been too, maybe, right? Right. And they just thought it was normal. Because I was like, what took you so long to get here? Like, tell me your story. And they've just normalized it, right? And they've lived with it. And they're like, okay, it's just going to be painful for me. So we call painful sex dyspareunia. There's three distinct areas that women can hurt. So first is externally, right? Our whole external area is not our vagina, like a lot of women call it. It's our vulva. And so that includes the labia, menorah, majora, right? The vaginal opening, the vestibule, which is that delicate area inside the labia. And then, so that's the first area we can hurt. The second area is within the vaginal canal, right? Where tampons go and where we have intercourse. And then the third area is deep in our pelvis or abdomen, okay? So some women hurt in there. So if we start breaking it down as to why, so yes, women of all age groups can hurt in any one of those areas. And so if we break it down and look at that deep pain, what causes that? Fibroids, ovarian cysts, endometriosis, scar tissue, right, from previous surgery or infection. So there are even certain bowel conditions that can cause pain there. Our organs are supposed to move during intercourse, right? And so if something is 
causing our organs to be stuck together, our cervix, our uterus, our fallopian tubes are stuck to something, it's not going to move like it should, like this fluidity. It's going to move and block, which is going to feel like a pulling, a tugging, or in fact, just sharp pain. Fibroids can also do this. So women who present with that kind of pain, the first thing we do is get an ultrasound and make sure that everything in there is, is healthy. And as far as treatment options go, it just depends on what we find. Sometimes women need surgery or they need removal of the fibroid or they need a medication to treat endometriosis. The second place I talked about that can have pain is the vagina. And if you think about our vagina, it has these deep folds called rugae. It looks like an accordion so we can stretch and accommodate our partner. It should be nice and thick and have good blood flow. But if we have hormonal imbalances, either caused in young women by too much birth control and low testosterone levels, in menopausal women, it's called genitourinary syndrome of menopause. That tissue gets really thin. And a lot of us are moms here, right? Like we lose this accordion and we become like a tube sock. Tube socks don't stretch, right? No. What a visual. Right. But I mean, so people are like, oh my God, Dr. Yeah. Man, so much sense. And so the nice thing is there are treatment options for that, whether it's the, you know, laser therapy that women want, there's radiofrequency therapy, lubricants, vaginal moisturizers. We remember to moisturize our face, our hands, our feet. We forget about our female parts. And then there's also hormones and usually suppositories, which just means, you know, things that you put in the vagina that can make such a world of difference for patients. And then there's external causes for pain. So that first area that I talked about. So that can be dermatologic conditions. So skin disorders, just like we get anywhere else, psoriasis. There's so many conditions we can get externally. So we have to treat those conditions. Hormonal imbalances on the outside. So topical hormone cream. We use lasers in our office. So absolutely, I tell patients the take-home message is you do not have to live with it. You need to get in with a healthcare provider because I've given you so many reasons as to why we can hurt. It is absolutely not normal. And there are a multitude of treatment options. And for that reason, you should not live with it. I think it's really important to point out about our intuition. Like if we know something is off as a woman, whether it's you know pain, insects, or just not feeling aroused or whatever the issues may be, you got to trust that gut and know that you're not suffering alone. It isn't just you. And it may not be, you know, I don't want to use the word even quote unquote normal, but to be able to seek out and feel comfortable enough to seek out help is just really trusting that gut. If it feels off, it's probably off. If you're having sex with your partner or alone or whatever, and it doesn't feel right or good, or it feels different than maybe it had in the past, trust that. We need, as women, need to trust our intuition, our gut a little bit more. I could not agree with you more because we spend so much time as women kind of quieting that voice because either someone has dismissed us in the past or we haven't had a safe space to discuss it. But I tell my patients all the time, you're with your body every single day. You know what's going on. I'm only with you at these visits. So you tell me what's normal for you and, and what's not. And then if it's a change, or even if you've always lived this way, but you've had pain, we need to work this up. We need to figure this out together and figure out what is causing you this pain because we can help you. I love Dr. Gervais that you're women like you that are out there championing empowerment for women and giving a safe place for us to be vulnerable and talk about things that may or may not be comfortable. And damn it, go out and be honest with your girlfriends about what's going on at home in the bedroom, good, bad, or indifferent. Let's just talk about this more and quit feeling like we have to 
be so proper behind the scenes. You know, if you're freaky at home, let's talk about it in streets, right? (laughs) That is the number one thing we have to do is just get rid of the stigma and shame. I mean, the human population keeps perpetuating because someone's having sex, right? (laughs) We're all a product of sex or most of us, right? So I think we need to normalize this. We need to eliminate any taboo stigma or shame that comes with it because I think we're all preventing ourselves from living our best lives and living life to the fullest if we're not happy in the bedroom and we're not happy with our sexual self. And women in general in healthcare, if we don't speak up for ourselves, no one else will. And we deserve pleasure. I think that's super important, again, to point out. Sex can be a pleasurable experience. It should be for both you and your partner. And I think it's funny that the only time it's appropriate to talk about sex is when people are trying, quote unquote, for a baby. I'm like, yeah, you're you're having sex. You're fucking. That's what's happening. Like, we don't want to call it trying for a baby, but that seems to be the only social appropriate time to talk about sex in this kind of, you know, alluded way. But we got to talk about it more for sure. 